Hello and welcome to The Lancet. This is Erica Niesner reporting on this week's issue dated August the 16th. We have a cardiology focus this month with an editorial on the changing face of heart disease prevention and a comment on renin angiotensin blockade and kidney disease. Our articles for this month are the On Time 2 study, which is a study of pre-hospital administration of tirofibin after myocardial infarction. And there's the on-target study, which assessed renal outcomes with ACE inhibitors and angiotensin receptor blockers. There's also an article on extracorporeal life support and cardiac arrest. And finally, an article on epidural anesthesia and survival rates. Earlier, I spoke with Dr. Van at Hoff from the Insula Clinic in the Netherlands, one of the authors of the On Time 2 study. We're looking today at your study, the On Time 2 study, which looked at pre-hospital initiation of an antiplatelet drug, tyrofibin, in patients with ST elevation, myocardial infarction or STEMI. That's right. What's the standard treatment usually given in the ambulance setting for this condition? Well, normally if the uh, diagnosis has been made in the ambulance, the drugs which are normally given are aspirin, clopidogrel, and unfractionated heparin. So that's the kind of a standard in, in European countries. And how did your treatment differ from the standard treatment? Well, we were thinking about the fact that even this standard treatment of drugs is not enough in patients with ST elevation myocardial infarction. So that's why we hypothesized whether the addition of tyrofibin and glycoprotein 2B3A inhibitor uh, would be beneficial if given shortly after uh, of the onset of symptoms in these patients who were diagnosed in the ambulance. You mentioned aspirin and clopidogrel. That clopidogrel is an antiplatelet drug also. Yes. So what was the rationale for the additional antiplatelet drug? Well, at the moment, um, the, we do not have the... Um, drugs like clopidogrel in an uh, intravenous uh, way of administration. So clopidogrel might only be given uh, as an oral uh, loading dose uh, of 600 milligrams. And even this oral loading dose of 600 milligrams um, takes at least two or three hours to become effective in, in, in a patient with uh, ST elevation MI. So even if you've got transport distances or delay until... Uh, catheterization of two hours, then you might not expect that this clopidogrel is uh, effective at the moment you're doing your uh, your PCI procedure. So that's why we thought you should add uh, an additional intravenous, uh, highly effective antiplatelet drug as early as possible after the onset of symptoms. And that's the 2B3A inhibitor at this moment. The previous efficacy of tirofibin, which is a glycoprotein 2B3A drug, has been demonstrated for non-STEMI. Is there a precedent for use of tirofibin with STEMI? Yes. In the past, uh, many articles or many studies have uh, shown the efficacy of drugs like tirofibin, especially apsiximab, has been shown to be effective in patients with STEMI. The problem is that uh, in daily practice, and that's what we know from the large STEMI registries, that in everyday daily practice, most of the apsiximab or tyrofibin drugs are given after the PCI procedure or uh, whenever a patient gets complications from his PCI procedure. So it's not routine practice, which we know from these registries, that, that these drugs are given 
uh, routinely upfront, so uh, before the patient is being uh, catheterized. And that's why we designed a trial in which we compared this routine daily practice in which the drug is given only for complications after PCI uh, compared to a routine upfront or uh, upstream strategy of uh, very early initiation of, uh, of this drug. So that's especially a good comparison with routine uh, daily practice in uh, everyday cardiology clinics all over the world. So there was this early administration. Was there an optimal time for the early administration that you found in your study? And what were the general findings and risks that were found with your research? Well, we really found, um, and that's why I think the acronym called ONTIME is very good for this study because you you really have to give it very early on, so really ONTIME, because what we found in a subgroup analysis in this study First, I'd uh, like to mention that uh, 95% of patients were diagnosed in the ambulance after a mean or a median time from symptom onset to diagnosis of only 76 minutes. So about 40% of patients were diagnosed within the golden hour of effective treatment for myocardial uh, infarction. And the moment you start giving your drug within this golden hour of, of starts in symptom onset, we found that the drug was especially effective. When patients received their tyrofibin within 60 minutes, we found a highly efficacy on opening the drug or opening the infarculated vessel, but also very um, great efficacy on the ST segment resolution and also on clinical endpoints. The moment you delay your administration of tyrofibin, uh, longer than 200 or 300 minutes after the onset of symptoms, the drug loses its, its uh, efficacy. And that's why we really showed that very early after the symptom onset, the, the drug is most effective. And in terms of the findings post-primary coronary angioplasty? Yes, especially we looked at ST segment resolution. Uh, of course, it's not a hard clinical endpoint, but this endpoint has been shown to be a very good surrogate endpoint and very well related to long-term and also um, long-term mortality and also adverse uh, e- uh, events. So we really found a significant improvement of the ECG after PCI in patients who uh, received the tyrofibin very early on. And we also found that the patients with bad ECGs after a procedure did considerably uh, less well. Uh, so we really had a good circuit endpoint to show that this drug is, is, effic- is efficacious in, in these patients. Now, looking at your design, it was a quite large study across a wide area of three countries, the Netherlands, Germany and Belgium. Could you tell us a bit about your study design and and conducting research in an emergency setting? Uh, That's a very good question because I know that researchers are sometimes, well, reluctant to do research uh, already in the ambulance because it takes a lot of organization. At least you you, uh, need some specialist doctors or specialist, highly dedicated nurses in the ambulance who are being able to make the diagnosis, but also to ask the patient for informed consent after having checked the in and exclusion criteria. So this is really takes a lot of organization before you can perform uh, such a study. 
However, I feel that the future of uh, myocardial infarction treatment is in the ambulance because that's the place where the patient is diagnosed very early on. So we should be prepared that in the future more and more research should be initiated in in the ambulance, especially pharmacological research should be well initiated in the ambulance to be able to start your drug very early after the onset of symptoms. But it really, well, it takes some organization and collaboration with the people from the ambulance services to start this antiplatelet and antithrombotic drugs in the ambulance. And I'm definitely sure that within five or ten years, I think many countries will have organized their acute MI care uh, with a close collaboration with these ambulance services. Well, thank you very much for today, Dr. Van Hoff. Concluding this week's Lancet podcast, bye for now. Thank you very much.